Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whippeal. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, folks. How's it going? Welcome back to another edition of Bold Sports. We're on episode 77, the Paul Coffee episode. Gotta be Paul Coffee. Um... Yeah, I was sitting there, I was like, 77, I'm like, instantly I think of Paul Coffey. Now, we did, uh, the, the notable Steeler that wore 77 that you and I would remember would be Marvell Smith. Aha, uh, that guy. Yeah, uh, he was on the Super Bowl team. Yeah. Uh, two of them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I uh, he's the only notable Steeler that we would remember that wore 77. Uh, also, some other notables uh, from around the, the uh, leagues, uh, Red Grange. Okay. Um, Lyle Alzado. Wow. And then uh, Ray Bork. Yeah, obviously so, Ray Bork. Yeah. He was like a contemporary of Paul Coffey's, pretty much. I mean, pretty much. Played the same position. Same position. Different different sides of the continent for most of their careers. Yes. But, you know, I remember when Paul Coffey came to the Pens because my parents had tickets to that game that night and they were like super jazzed. Because the Pens... Talking about Paul Coffey. Just got Paul Coffey. They're on their way out the door, leaving us with the babysitter and a plate of Kraft Mac and Cheese, and I'm like, screw you guys, I don't even care, I just want to go to the game. (laughs) But, you know, now I'm grown up and I can go to games when I want to, and I don't, because, I don't know. Well, yeah, but Paul Coffey was a great addition for the Pens. That's whenever uh, Edmonton started breaking up that Mm. uh, dynasty they had there. Yeah. Um, It was was what you had... uh, was it Messier was first to go, then it was Co- then Coffee, and then um, uh, Gretzky trade to LA was a Gretzky big deal. Tra- the Gretzky trade to LA was the the, the the day hockey died in Canada. Yeah, uh, and Seems then to still be doing okay. And then uh, who else? Who else was on that? Uh, Yari Craig Curry, Simpson, yeah, Grant Fuhr, Grant Fuhr, Yari Curry. Yeah, Yari Curry it was ridiculous. It was good. That 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 eighties that 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 was that that <coughs> mid to late eighties. Edmonton Oilers team that won four cups. Yeah, uh, the Islanders won four cups in the beginning of the eighties, and then the Edmonton Oilers won four. At the they they went two two in a row, lost one, and two in a row again, I believe. Yeah. Um. So we'll. I, I mean, uh, Lanny McDonald and the Calgary Frames were in there. That was was that eighty nine or ninety eighty eighty eight? Maybe that was eighty eight. Eighty eight, maybe. 88 was a big year for, like, awareness of Calgary. Yes. Because, like, that was they the, had the Olympics The Olympics in 88 in Calgary. They, did. they played the Flyers the, that year in the finals. They I'm did. I'm not sure if it was 88. It was 88 or 89, one of the two. I remember watching that I series, remember, too. Because it was Lanny McDonald with that mm. big fire engine red mane of hair and the uh-huh. fire engine red beard and the mustache, and it was just... I remember being like, well, why can't we root for the team from Pennsylvania? And then that's when you got schooled real quick. I learned. Oh, yeah. we hate Philly. Yeah. <laughs> I learned so much that year. Like, what is Calgary? Where is Calgary? Who are the Flyers? Um, yeah. Matt's Probably like, some, like, multiplication tables or something. Matt, Matt's, like, seven years old learning, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was I was full of wide-eyed wonder. Not, not the, like, jaded mess that I am today. But, yes, uh, Paul Coffey would probably be the most... Uh, rememberable '77, without to, a doubt, to in a Pittsburgh uniform. Uh, Marvell Smith did get two Super Bowls. 
So, yeah, I mean, hey. throw him in there. But you don't always think, oh, number 77, Marvell Smith now. Now, um, this offensive line's got a lot of criticism. Yeah, they but did. But they did what they needed to do to win the Super Bowl. They did. You know, twice uh, in, like, three years. And then Lyle Alzado wore 77. He was just a fucking badass beast. He was a nut job. He was also on Saved by the Bell. He was... No, he was not on Saved by Saved the Saved by the Bell the college years. That was not him. That was Bob Golick. Oh, wait, Bob Golick. But Lyle Alzado was on a show. Lyle Alzado was on a show, but I don't remember which one. I should know this. I actually... This is hilarious because I, I actually bet somebody what you just told me like 15 years ago when I was in college. Right. And I've, uh, like, you know, spent the money a long, long, long time ago. And now I've also apparently lost the knowledge that won me the money. Right. Because I, I just argued with my friend about this for, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of, like, you know, losing trivia questions about 90s TV shows. So <laughs> why, don't, why don't you set me right for once? But yeah, but I mean, what did he, what did he die of? He was it was it cancer? I it might have been. I think it was. Lyle Alzado, man, he was a, a salty pirate looking guy, right? Yeah, played for the Raiders. I, I mean, mean that doesn't Christ. hurt. <clears throat> Raiders are not going to be able to keep up keep up their salty pirate image when they go to Vegas, you know. Uh, well, I mean, they do have um, Treasure Island right there. Yeah, but those aren't like, I mean. Real pirates don't, like, let you play games of chance for all their money. You know what I mean? They'll let you fight them for it, maybe. But... Lyle Alzado did have a Super Bowl rig. What? Marcus Allen year? Uh, 1980, I believe. Okay. 1980? That was the year the uh, Raiders beat the Eagles. Okay, so that was the Jaworski year? Mm-hmm. 81? 81 season? A- or 80, 80 season, Super- 81 Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he has a two-time AFC champion, 77 and 83. Oh, so he might have been on the 77 team that won. That old? Yeah. Cause, no yeah. Cause, so it had to be the, the, the 77 Raiders team. Wow. I, I had because no idea. Because he, he played – I didn't realize how, how long he played. We only know him mainly for the – no, he was on the, the Raiders. Wow, he played a long time. 71 to 90. Holy crap. That doesn't really happen anymore. But there's an asterisk next to the 1990 because... Because he was like a player coach or something or... Off-season and practice squad member. Okay. Okay. So what it was is 71 to 78 was the Broncos. Cleveland Browns 79 to 81. Okay. And then the Raiders 82 to 85. So no, it was 80... 83. That was the Marcus Allen team. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was the Marcus Allen team. Yeah, so he... Yeah. So what TV show was he on? Uh, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus. I, I'm not sure. Steroid use and death. Uh, steroid use, which is... As, he died uh, from steroids. Well, I mean... That's a very, like, simplistic interpretation. He battled against a brain tumor. Okay. And and steroid use was directly affecting um, that. Hmm. It's a documentary of bigger, stronger, faster. Bob Golick. Yeah, a lot of people thought it was Lyle Zan. No, it was Bob Golick. Well, I guess I'm just wrong. 
Uh, learning the ropes and good sports. Good sports. Never heard of it. Learning the ropes, 88 and 89. And then good sports was 91. Okay. With the TV shows that he was on. I probably, like, saw one of those and, like, in my mind, like, turned it into Saved by the Bell. I know I saw that dude on TV. Oh, yeah. On, on like, in, he's like, probably made some non-football. He's probably made some cameo appearances. Yeah, something. like, he might have been on, like, an episode of Family Ties or something. Or, right. You know. I mean, because, shit, even uh, um, Howie Long made a, an appearance on Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. I mean, you know. Shit like that happens. Wasn't Jake Long on like Always Sunny? Think so. I think I think so. So it's a good acting pedigree on that family. Well, Chris Long. Was it Chris Long? Chris or Long. Jake Long. Chris Long because Chris Long played in Philly for that Super Bowl season. Okay. So uh, yeah, uh, back to into Pittsburgh now. Uh, Riverhounds. Uh, they won their match over Louisville City this past Saturday, one nil. Weird uh, camera angle. If you checked it out, I did. I did. <laughs> it was a little tough. It's a, it's a little tough, man. I, I get vertigo with like certain like camera angles. It's it's not. It was a weird camera angle. I watched some of the replays on it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Where is that yeah. camera coming from?" Like, yeah, from like uh, you know about twelve rows up, down the like third baseline, basically of the baseball stadium in Louisville. Yeah, That's... and it's like underneath the parkway, kind of. Yeah kind of cool that makes sense kind of reminds me of like that basketball court down the run you know because it's like underneath the parkway <laughs> or, or even bo- highmark stadium or, or how about the bocce courts underneath the bloomfield bridge bocce courts under the bloomfield bridge you know there's hockey down there too right there is uh the hounds are 11th in the group uh they have their first home game first home regular season game this saturday with hartford athletic coming to town it's a 7 p.m kickoff tickets are available right now two for 20 uh, with season packages still available, so we'll such def- a no-brainer, man. Yeah, I mean, if I, I'm gonna have to take a Saturday off work to go to a fucking Hounds game. Let's it's get the schedule out and pick one. Yeah, would, you know? that's that's what we're gonna have to do. Wait, you'd also have to take a Saturday off work, so I know. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's how we end up having to pick the same one, right? We have to because you can't just pick a random Saturday and like expect me to be there, or yeah, or vice versa. So yeah. Uh, and they, they they might have a, the odd Friday game or something. Yeah, game. isn't after the halfway point of the seasons when they start having like a Tuesday match? Yeah, and maybe. after after that cup play, that midseason cup well, the, play, the cup will be like midweek for sure. Um, and then like yeah, I don't know if they, you know, they might play like a Wednesday game here and there, but it's it's still mostly weekend games because they know they're that like. You know, even the Premier League in some markets is a tough sell to like get people to go out on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. Like we're talking the USL here. Yeah. And if they want to get the most asses in the seats, like they want people to be in a place where they can fully take advantage of the excellent beer specials at the pub, then you know it's better to be doing on a weekend. What are they? Like dollar beers? Yeah. Yeah. They're like they're like little like nine ounce draft beers. But for a buck? but even like even like their their like pounder prices and the tall boys that they have or you know it's not like going way, to, it's it, not like going to PNC Park or 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 Heinz Field or anything where you're paying thirteen bucks for a Yingling tall for the beer yeah. you have in your hand right now at uh, at Consol or PPG yeah. uh, Center is is uh, thirteen fifty yeah and you know on that note like you know you want to support a team that's got like ownership that actually like has your interests at heart or and, and you know like bob nutting doesn't care man 
Right. But I got to tell you, like when I went to that that Riverhounds kickoff party last year, mm-hmm. and the, the the Hounds owner Tuffy Schallenberger, like seems like he like genuinely cares. Um, but you know, like owning a sports team isn't his first business. You know what I mean? And I was talking to my friend the other night about how like the best owners are the ones who like got rich doing oh, something no. are besides they gonna show- owning a sports oh, team. They're, 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 okay, they're not showing a replay of this. Thank God. Oh, did somebody hurt themselves in a gruesome way? Uh, I was gonna say, tell. Oh, he put. <laughs> so, folks, what we're watching right now is the replay of the par three contest uh, at the Masters today. And they showed Tony Finau in last year's whenever he got the hole in one on the hole and he went running down the fairway and like sprained his ankle. So, oh, yeah. So what he did is is before he teed off, he just put on like a different shoe and an ankle brace in case he did it again. Huh. It's a joke. That's hilarious. I love it. I was like, please don't show that again. That's horrid. I didn't think running was allowed at Augusta. <laughs> well, the par three is a different thing. He went running down the, running down the way. Uh, Matt Wallace and Sandy Lyle tied for the uh, minus five for the win there at the uh, par three. Uh, and again, it's like winning the President's Cup in hockey. The winner of the par three contest has never gone on to win the Masters. Um, so there's that. So what's going on in international soccer? Well, we're recording on a Wednesday. Uh, we had two yeah, two days of Champions League, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um I watched Tottenham beat Man City in their new stadium, uh, the, the first ever Champions League game in the new Tottenham stadium. Uh, Harry Kane got injured, so that's not good for them going forward, but Man City's on a quest to win four trophies in one season, and right now they're they're kind of having a tough time with the Champions League. And then they're also in a title fight with Liverpool in the Premier League, and... Man City's playing Crystal Palace on, you know, Saturday or Sunday, and um, you know they they can be spoilers sometimes. They're they're safe from relegation. Uh, Liverpool's got Chelsea, so that's that's going to be a tough one. So definitely, like if you pick a day to watch soccer this weekend, do it on Sunday. All right. And do like your yard work on Saturday if if that's what you got going on. Well, I think Saturday's supposed to be the better day. Well, good. Um, Sunday's supposed to be kind of a rain out, yeah. which makes me happy that A, it makes me sad that I'm not able to go play golf because I'm off on Sunday, but it makes me happy I can lay here on the couch and watch the final round of Masters. Oh yeah, that'll be on too. Which is what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about next. Well, you know the soccer will be over by like noon. The soccer will be over by noon. I I, I work uh, I work 12 to 3 on Saturday. Mm. It's 12 p.m. to 3 a.m. So I highly doubt I'm going to be, be out getting of, ready. I'll be highly doubt I'll be getting out of bed before noon. So yeah. wait, so you work at noon? I work. Oh, Saturday, Saturday you work noon till three a.m. Yeah. Oh, I don't think meant like three p.m. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you like show up, wash some glasses, and leave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> show up, wash some glasses, make three hundred bucks, and go home. Right? Yeah, that'd be awesome that, if I could do that. We'd all take that job, right? I show up for three hours a day. I wash dishes glasses. every day, and I don't get paid shit. I know, right? Uh, I, well, I wash dishes every day, and I get paid for it. Mm. Mainly glassware. I don't do like the big stuff. Uh, so this weekend. Sucks. Uh, of course, in the PGA Tour, it's Masters Week. Probably one of the best weeks ever. Um, th- this is the true sign of spring. Uh, this Indeed. is spring's official. Yeah. Like, it's Masters Week, spring's official. Uh, but first... I mean, there's um, other signs. There's, like, 
the blossoms on the trees, which is part of Augusta. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? Yes, it is. Like, if they were playing the Masters in front of a bunch of, like, bare azalea bushes with, like, no blossoms, I think you'd be like, what the fuck? If they you? were playing the Masters, <laughs> if, if, if Augusta National happened to be in, like, State College, Ugh. it would be a shitty, shitty, shitty looking area. <laughs> Right we're gonna now. we're gonna take this major away from you people is what they would do. <laughs> Pretty and much. Like, look, it's like I know that golf was invented in Scotland and it's cold and shit, but like we don't have to saddle ourselves with that handicap. That is true. You know, we we'll go we will go down to Georgia for our yeah. golf in April. Yeah, and as everyone should. Uh, first though, last week uh, was the Valero Texas Open in San Antonio, uh, with Canadian Corey Connors taking the win at a minus twenty. Uh, after making a charge on day three and finishing strong in the final round uh, to hold off Charlie Hoffman, the win uh, did punch his ticket to Augusta this week. Uh, he does; he is in the first group. He's teeing off at eight thirty a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, so, hey, you punch your ticket to Augusta. Guess what? You get up early. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> he's a golfer, so I'm pro- I'm sure he's already on that schedule. Yeah, probably. I mean, if your job is to play golf, it for is. a living. I've talked. I've talked to a lot of pro golfers over mm-hmm. the years. They don't really like play golf for fun. Like they go out and practice and this that and everything. Uh, Bryce, I watched the thing with Faraday uh, with Bryson DeChambeau. He's like, yeah, I don't really pick up a club. Yeah, but he you- goes, I go to the course. He goes, when we got when I'm going to a tournament, we we get there on Tuesday. He says Wednesday maybe. He goes, I go out, I chip, I putt, I go walk the course, see where I want to be, hit some balls here, hit some balls there. That's about it. He goes, and I go play. You know, a lot of these guys, and then we've all seen the, if you follow some of the guys on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot, you you see like um, Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth and uh, Justin Thomas, you know, whenever they get together in the Bahamas, like they all take like a week off to go to the Bahamas and, you know, they're walking around, you know, chugging beers with their shirts off, hats on backwards, uh, you know. Yeah, and shit like that. Like they're everyone just, else does on vacation, and they're just dicking around on a I golf know. course. They just yeah. happen to be really good. They just at happen it. to be really good. Um, cool, good for them. It is. Uh, so you can be a dick and like still like you know you're not slowing down the people behind you because <laughs> it's not like us where we like we got to at least look like we're taking it seriously, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because yeah. our play, you know, like. So, so it's far, offensive. some of the groupings, like I say, Chris Connors, Canadian, he punched his ticket. He's off at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, some of these uh, 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 groupings are pretty interesting. Uh, there's some really good ones. Uh, so you got Tony Finau, Sergio Garcia, and Hendrik Stenson. They're at the 9.58 grouping. Um, you got Stanley, Adam Scott, and Webb Simpson. Or, or sorry, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, and Holovund are 10.31. Um, where John Rom, Tiger Woods, and Hyde H. Lai is 11.04. Ricky Fowler, McElroy, and Smith are 11.15. You got, uh, there's a lot of names in this that play in this because they've won and they can still play in it for the rest of their life or they have like an exemption in here. Um, you got, uh, you know, Francisco Molinari. He's in there at 116. Uh, Jason Day, Justin Donson. Here's here's a group to watch. This will probably be the, the featured group at some point. Uh, DeChambeau, Jason Day, and Dustin Johnson. 
Mm, uh, that's a good group to watch right there. Uh, Justin Rose, Mickelson, and Justin Thomas. That's the group right after uh, Day, Johnson, and Rose. And then Spieth, Kepka, and Casey. That's the 2 o'clock grouping. So those last three groups are the groups you're going to want to watch. Of course, they're going to be flipping through Tiger and whatnot throughout the throughout the um, coverage. Uh, coverage, I believe, on this is like pretty much all day. I think ESPN has... Uh, day one and two and then it flips to NBC or whatever and it you know it's uh it's a great tournament it's 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 the Super Bowl of golf yeah <laughs> I mean you know it you know it's, in my it's, personal opinion it's not the British Open okay um I it's it's on the same course every year which makes it special because every other major rotates. Yes. You know, and in in most other golf tournaments that aren't majors are at like the same place every year. You know what I mean? Like the Memorial is always in Columbus, and you know, you know what I mean? Is that not the case? You know, they they very rarely change courses. Like the Players Championship. The Players Championship changes is, every year. But they have different. They have like a rotation of courses that is not as big as like say the rotation that the u.s open uses yeah uh, well okay for instance the u.s open uh it, it ends up was every the cycles between nine and 15 years is back at oakmont yeah i mean i think the shortest... but oakmont, i think oakmont gets special treatment a little bit uh, yeah because it... I, I think the people really like oakmont i mean it's, it's got it's got a lot of history I can remember personally when I started following golf on it's been here three times. Yeah. And that's and that's 94. Mm-hmm. 94 was Ernie Els, the other one was um Cabrera, Angel Cabrera and then Dustin Johnson. Yeah. So I mean so I I can remember three times. I know it's been at Oakmont before because that was the Johnny Miller. Johnny Miller and then also that was the Palmer Nicholas. Palmer Nicholas had a battle to Oakmont mm. um, back in the fifties. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, it's been Oak, it's been at Oakmont the most out of anywhere. Yeah, um, I don't remember the amount of times, but I do know that it's been at Oakmont the most out of anywhere. It's outstanding. You know, I was in Oakmont recently, Steve. We'll maybe talk about that later. Yeah, actually, we got some time. Okay. Well, anyway, I was going to so, buy some delicious baked goods. You're just kidding. <laughs> So you went to a evening with Sid Bream. I did go to an evening with Sid Bream at the Oaks Theater in Oakmont on right. Friday night. Um, it was enlightening. Um, we sat right up front at like tables. Um, it was almost like a little too close for comfort. Um, but you know, like we were there. We had, you know, a couple beers. You know, they come out. They they do some talking. You know, talk. They talk about Sid Bream's career. You know, how he got to Pittsburgh, how he ended up in Atlanta. Uh, you know, they did a little Q&A, then they did, like, an intermission, and this guy comes up with his, like, just pages of, like, typed notes where he's, like, convinced that, like, Sid Bream wasn't actually safe on the slide in 92, that, that he was out, and that, like... So anyway, like, it, it, it got a little uncomfortable. Because it wasn't part of the official program, you know? It was like, oh, we're gonna do intermission, and like this guy's like, hey, by the way, like, but it, you know, it was it was in it was in good fun. Um, this guy brought his like whole family and like sat him up front with him like next to next to us, and 
you know, it was a very, like, cool, intimate evening, you know, talking to Sid Bream. And, uh, you know, what I came away with was that I don't really care that much anymore. Like, like I said, I've come to terms with it. It didn't happen to me, really, because I was asleep. So <laughs> You were you made to go I to mean? bed. <laughs> like, it, like, it's like, I see the replay, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's that video of that thing that sucked. But it, it's not something, it's not like I actually, it's like, it's like Matt, I didn't get punched in the stomach. It's like, Matt, you, you, know? have, you have school tomorrow, you need to go to bed, the Pirates are leading, it's okay, they'll be in the World Series, Yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. And then you wake up, and you're like, so when's World Series game one? So about that. Yeah, about that. Um, uh, I was... Before you go downstairs. I, I was allowed to... I was up for that game. Um, I was I, I was at game five. See, I'm an old, I'm the oldest of three, so I had to like set the good example all the time, which uh, sucks. Right. You know? And uh, so, yeah, I was like, fine, I'll go to bed. I don't know why. Like, when I was younger and was like super obsessed with baseball, like, I would do the whole like, you know, sneak the radio under my pillow. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know why I didn't do it that night. Maybe I was actually tired. Yeah. Seventh grade's exhausting, dude. Yeah, I was in ninth grade, and that was, uh, you know. If it had been ninth grade, I would have I would have had no rules, man. Yeah, I was By in ninth grade, you're just like, whatever. Yeah, ninth grade, you're like, fuck you, mom. I'm watching I'm Conan. Adult. I'm watching Conan, mom. You go to bed. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. I never said that. Right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh. That that's cool. It has a cool little intimate evening. You learn anything? Yeah, it was um, it was interesting because like, you know, Supreme. Okay, so like, I consider him old school, right? To me, anyway, you know, because he played for the Pirates in the '80s when I first started to like care about baseball. So like, you know, like he he was like asked a question about um, this one girl in the in the audience said she works for a university and they were doing like some work with like sensors that you put in the balls and the bats and use that to measure like all kinds of you know metrics like exit velocity and launch angle and, and all this stuff and like i'm thinking like sid bream's not going to be into all that egghead shit and he's going to be like ah, oh, these these nerds are ruining baseball but he was actually really into uh like the launch angle stuff and like the the host of the evening al levine he kind of tried to like steer him towards that He's like, oh, but like, uh, you know, all they care about anymore is the launch angle. And, and Sid Bream was like, but you know, like, in my day, we had all these guys with like weird stances and doing different things with the bat. And like, you don't know how to fix it because everyone's so unique. But if you can get the players to like be consistent through like heavy data. Oh, yeah. Then like you, you can like fix problems like when they come up, like it's easier to coach hitting right in that regard so i was like that's really cool that he thinks that so i went ahead and asked him if he thought that like you know just like analytics generally was taking too much power away from the managers you know because like managers are making decisions now based on like stuff that the front office is telling them oh yeah you know about like certain pitchers and like Pitcher's tendencies, pitcher's tendencies, and like this guy can't start against this team or this pitcher like ever, um, you know that type of stuff. And I I know a lot of these like old salty people are saying like that's a big problem, but you know he seems really he seemed to really embrace like all all, the, the, all this thing. He was like, the, uh, why wouldn't why wouldn't you take advantage of the information that you have at right. your fingertips to make your yourself and your team you know more competitive? So I I thought that was really cool. I mean I mean uh, I I mean. Uh, Remember when we were literally kids and every, and our coach would always tell us, bat back, elbow up. Yeah, 
Well, you don't want your elbow up. You want your elbow down because you got to drop your elbow anyway to mm-hmm. swing. Yeah. So the elbow up does nothing for you. No. You know, uh, and like, like you said, I mean, when he played and he said, you know, guys had weird stances and everything else like that. I mean, you remember uh, Will the Throw Clark? Yeah. He had that leg way out in front, stretched mm-hmm. out, and the bat high up in the back. Yeah. Chris Sabo w- mm-hmm. would sit there and wobble it like this. And, yeah, I mean, like slightly different era, but he mentioned Craig Council. Yeah. You know, had, did a lot of... He probably played against Craig Council when Council was young. Yeah, probably. I mean, Craig Council's like, you know, he's like been a manager now, so he's... Yeah, he'd be, uh, he'd be, he was he'd, a young manager, but... Yeah, he was a young yeah. manager, but he probably played against Craig Council when Craig Council was a rookie or so, because yeah. Sid, Sid Bream played... I don't know when he officially retired, but I know it was before the 2000s, but... Yeah. I mean, Craig Council's been a manager for five years, so... I mean, another, another interesting thing that Sid Bream talked about was how he ended up leaving the Pirates. Like, I didn't follow contracts and stuff back then. Right, we didn't care about We didn't care. Um, We were kids, we were like, why are they fucking leaving? We didn't really, like, I mean, I think Barry Bonds was like the the wake-up call for us that it was all about money. Right. To a certain extent. Like, before Bonds, like, I don't think I, I was just like, oh, he's gone, I, okay, I miss him, or whatever. Um, but actually, the the deal with Sid Bream leaving was that the Pirates, surprise, surprise, like, gave him a ridiculous low-ball offer. What? Yeah. You mean the Pirates, like, lowball people in contract they negotiations? Was, they said he was their number one priority in the offseason. And then they, like, gave him, like, a lowball offer. And then, like, you know, he tried to get them to, like, match what Atlanta was going to give him. But, um... He's like... But without a no-trade clause, like, he was going to give the Pirates a hometown discount, actually. But they wouldn't give him a no-trade clause, and and he's like, well, you could, like, lowball me and then trade me anyway, you know, so if you're not going to give me the no-trade clause that I want, and you're not going to, like, pay me, like, even close to my market value, then, like, you know, and it was a hard decision, and, you know, he still lives here, so he really loved it here. Felt like he he was getting settled in here, and then he had to leave because the Pirates... You know, we're tight fisted. So I mean, See, this I mean, was he before, did... This was way before nutting, folks. Yeah, this is yeah, this was way before. This was before McClatchy. This yeah. is whenever the city owned the team. Yeah, right. well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the city owned the Pirates for the longest time because there was no owner. Yeah, and, you know, and the city had to take over the ownership, otherwise they would. The Pirates would have folded. That seemed so normal back then. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, oh yeah, and then the city owns the Pirates, like just like they own the like the fountain at the point or right yeah, yeah you know what i mean but it's like literally no other teams are owned by the city they play in uh arizona coyotes were owned by phoenix for a while oh uh, yeah they were uh, that's re- right in, in recent that's times that's right yes <laughs> i remember that because that's how i came to be like in agreement with something called the goldwater institute which is never something that i would have expected about myself but it was basically like yeah like they should just move that team to freaking Winnipeg or something, you know? But I, I guess they're still in the desert, so... Yeah. They were uh, rescued. Yeah, uh, and then, um... Yeah, uh, well, well, Green Bay's owned by stockholders. Stockholders, that's, right. you know. Um, but you can't... They, not just any stockholders. Like, you have to... I can't buy shares in the Packers, I can got, I? Uh, yeah, you can. But I'm not a fan. You can still buy shares. But is there, like, a limit? I'm not sure. Like, I can't, I couldn't go and say, like, hey, I just bought, like, 52% of the Packers and I'm moving them to freaking. No, you Birmingham. can't do that. You can't do that. Okay. No. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider doing but, that. But, uh, yeah. Especially now that, like, you know, 
Jordy Nelson's gone. Sid Bream, Sid, Sid Bream's a very cool dude. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed I, talking I, to him. I've met him mm. several times over the years. I've sat next to him at a ball game when he was a scout for somebody. Oh yeah, because um, uh, he was. I don't know what he's doing now, but at, I do. one, at one point in time, he was a scout, and mm. he would go to the Pirate games and scout the opposing teams that were the Pirates were facing. Before he was a scout, for, I, I, Jim Leland was a scout for the Cardinals for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Before, in between managing jobs, he was scouted for the Cardinals. Yeah, I used to see him. I used to see him down there. Yeah, um, you know, he'd always sit right there, right, right on first base, and mm-hmm. you know, sit there with a the clipboard and scout the teams. And then somebody's like, "Hey, Jim, you want to come manage for us?" Like, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw him. We went down to, uh, we went down to see Clemens pitch when he came through uh, with the Astros. And and we all just went and stood down behind home plate, so we could like watch the ball coming in because we got like cheap seats at the last minute. So, right. So we we were just like kind of hanging out down around there, and, and we saw Jim Leland. So what's Sid Bream up to now? He is chaplain of a trucking company, um, and he does appearances. Like he was headed down to Atlanta, like right after the Oakmont thing. He was gonna go down and interact with his Braves audience. You know, who still love him down there. Right. Somebody brought the bobblehead that the Braves put out. It was like a bobble figurine of the slide. Ah. With, like, Mike Lavalier and Sid Bream and the umpire. And somebody had one and brought it for an autograph. And I was I thought that was pretty awesome. That's cool. There's a guy there who got his Braves hat autographed, but he, like, had a bunch of, like, Steel City media gear. Right. You know, there's there's people who, like, straddle both sides and aren't, like, super bitter. Right. Um, but every every person, like, you're like, who'd want to go see Sid Bream? So, like, well, you know what? Just get over it. Get man. over it. It's Dude was doing his job. He was doing his job. And That's he should have been doing that job here in Pittsburgh, but, like, guess what? You Contract know, The Pirates don't stuff. pay people. Um, and don't don't cry when McCutcheon hits a home run against so, us this so year what, as a Philly. What are, you, what are you doing this Friday? This Friday? Yeah. You want to uh, go back to the Oaks, Oaks Theater? Oh, Tom Berenger. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to go see that. Uh, yeah, they they were like promoting that heavily. Uh, I would love to go to that. Uh, I got Irish bingo this week, Steve. Oh, that's more important. You got to go to Irish bingo. Uh, yeah, but for those of you, uh, Tom Berenger's going to be at the Oaks this Friday. He is uh, speaking and question and answer and kind of like what you mm-hmm. went to. But afterwards, there is a viewing of Major League with Tom Berenger. Oh, that's great. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I've watched Major League. I've never watched Major League with Tom Berenger. Yeah, never. <laughs> nor Wesley Snipes. I mean, nor, I, nor Charlie. <laughs> like I, you know, I, I have a friend who like once went to a movie at the Manor Manor Theater in Squirrel Hill, and like Weird Al Yankovic happened to be in the theater also. But like, what? you don't really like think of like when you go to a movie, you don't like look around to see if there's anyone famous in the audience with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he just happened to be like seated, like, like down the end of their row or whatever. That's and, and they, I forget what movie they saw, but they're like, yeah, like we were at the movies. Well, Toy Paul is a big movie buff. I've yeah. been to movie theater with him. Yeah. And, and man, if I had Troy, Mal- if I had his money, dude, I'd go to every Marvel movie. <laughs> He's a big movie buff. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. All right, folks, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, listen to what's going on with our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview that hosts our podcast as well as several other great podcasts like Awesome Cast, WrestleMania, Fishing Without Bait, and The Broadcast. Also, um, who doesn't love Jenny Lee Bread? I love Jenny Lee Bread. So, we all love Jenny Lee Bread. What you need to do is if you love Jenny Lee Bread or if you've never had Jenny Lee Bread and you want to try it, especially at Cinnamon Swirl, it makes an amazing French toast. Uh-huh. Go to our website, Bold Pittsburgh, and scroll down the bottom of the page. 
and go right ahead and you can order Genially Bread delivered to your house directly from us. Yeah. So in that instance, folks, go on your internet, right? go on the website right now, order some Genially Bread. Matt and I'll be back in just a few moments with some more exciting sports banter. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, and we're back for our second segment here. Matt, did you watch some basketball last night? Did you do any basketball last night? Yeah. Did you do uh, either the Heat game or the, the Mavericks game? Mavericks all game, like five and a half hours of Dirk Nowitzki content from the hour-long pregame to the two and a half hour game to the like hour-long post-game post-game ceremony, and then a half-hour post-game show where they mostly just talked about the ceremony. <laughs> and very little about the game. Didn't Dirk drop thirty? He yes, dropped, he dropped thirty. He had a he had a he had, he a, had the first ten points for his team. Yeah, he had a double double. Yeah, um, like they just kept feeding him, and like the announcers were joking, like, "Oh, he's gonna go Kobe," because you know Kobe got sixty in his final game. Yeah, not quite. Still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Dirk Nowitzki, um, and he only announced his retirement yesterday. No, they were they were like. Um, they kept tap dancing around it. It was so awkward at points in the broadcast because they they were like, "No, nah, we don't we don't know for certain, but this is probably like Dirk's last game." And they had the whole like, you know, the big skyscraper in Dallas like lit up with like forty one twenty one one, which is like you know forty one number forty one twenty one years with one team. Yeah, and it's like that's like yes, that's a fact whether he retires or not, I suppose. But it'd be really awkward if he comes back next year after all this. Yeah, it'd be you really awkward if I mean? he comes back. At, like, uh, and they were like dancing around it, and like, but yeah, like he gets to talk finally in his ceremony, and he's like, yeah. So I guess you probably figured this out. Like, this is my last home game, and everybody was like, oh. But like they were chanting one more year like the whole night, so everybody well, yeah. knew it was on the table. I kind of feel like I knew he was going to retire, and I, it's just because I know he was hurt a lot. Well, because he's he did, forty-one, well, and he didn't announce it. Um, he didn't announce it. He played the game, and he how it came about and how they threw that together real quick. Yeah, is he walked in? From what I understand, he he went into the stadium and was in the locker room. and was like. All right, guys, this, this is my last game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm retiring. All right. You know, and then that's whenever they were, like, mm. trying to scramble and, look, yeah. you know. I mean, you, you kind of felt it was coming. I mean, somebody who plays 21 years in the league, 41 years old in basketball. Yeah. He's, good. he's not yeah. a spring chicken. No. He has a championship. He's been to two championships. He's been a, uh, uh, a finals MVP. He's been a league MVP. Mm. He's been a 14-time All-Star. Mm-hmm. Um ridiculous stats he's number 11 on yeah. the all-time points leader list yeah um he's what brought he he's one of the ones that helped europeans break into the nba yeah uh he's a i think he's the first german born player in the nba isn't he mm, detlef schrempf okay because it's cool like they they did like part of the tribute that they did um i guess it was a surprise they like they like told him that it was like some Nike thing that they were like shooting a Nike commercial and they got him to like sit down and they asked him to like talk about who his like NBA idols were growing up. And like the names he mentioned were like Pippin. Um, Cause Pippin was there. Yeah. Yeah. All the people that were there was like Pippin, Detlef Schrempf, Larry Bird. Yeah. Sean they were, Kemp. They were all in the audience. And, and they were all, and the they, game. and they all came and Charles Barkley. 
Yeah. And so they all, they all came out and took the mic and like, you know, but he didn't realize it. Like they played the video of him talking on the scoreboard and after he like dropped all those names and then they're like, and now here they are like Charles Barkley. And they, and they also, it was like a cool surprise and like Barkley talked and was hilarious as usual. Barkley's hilarious and to begin like, with. You know, like Larry Bird, who they were like, Larry Bird doesn't like hanging out with people. No, you Larry Bird's I mean? like the fact that they got Larry Bird like to like fly to Dallas on short notice like that and like talk in front of like you know twenty thousand Mavericks fans, you know, like that that really meant a lot to Dirk. I could tell. Yeah, I think Dirk told the front office that he was done, mm-hmm. but I think he didn't tell like the team. Yeah, you know, well, even like still, like you can shoot the video. Yeah, yeah. You know, for like five years hence, like you could you could go do Tom Brady's video right now and be like, you know, who are the five Steelers defensive backs you most enjoyed ripping to pieces? Right. And he'd be like, well, definitely that that like Anthony Brown guy, <laughs> or whatever his name was, <laughs> the guy who guaranteed the win. Yeah, and then, and then <laughs> yeah, and then there was Ike Taylor, and then yeah. But and then we, when uh, Tom Brady retires, like yeah, <laughs> Deshae Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but we uh. <clears throat> You know, we digress and go move on to that shit. But it's enough. Of so, that. so that was uh, that that was a great ceremony that they they put on for Dirk last night, uh, and then um, also Dwayne Wade, known as just basically D Wade. Yeah. Um. You know he you know, uh, Mr. Gabrielle Union. <laughs> Mr. Gabrielle Union. He uh, retired uh, last night. Was his last home game uh, in in uh, Miami for the Heat. Yeah. And it kind of made sense uh, because he's battled some injuries and whatnot. Uh, and then the, the he 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 dropped forty last night in his final home game. I actually had a friend I grew up with. I didn't know lived in Florida. Oh yeah, that was at the game. It <laughs> was like showing video of it. I'm like, well, that's pretty hey, fucking cool. awesome. Um, and the I posted the video on my Facebook page. That uh, of D Wade, they showed like his, like in his house, his like wall of memorabilia of like other players' jerseys that they signed, mm. jersey swap, you know? Yeah. And um, they had like five people that were like, he was influential to them. Mm. And they like, like the one kid like had a sport coat of from whenever he talked to his brother and then mm. he like wrote a message on the sport coat for D Wade. And then huh. like, his mom was like the last one, and like, you know, it, it, it's one of those ones that gives you it gives me goosebumps right now just talking about it because it, it's awesome. If you haven't watched, it, you have to watch it. I can't really quote the whole thing; I've only watched it twice. Um, but um, it's definitely uh, one to watch. It'll give you goosebumps. Uh, it just proves that they're bigger than the game they play. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, and D Wade, you never heard anything bad about him. No. Never heard anything bad about Nowitzki either. Nope. Um, never, you know, it's like you, you never heard anything of them doing 100 miles an hour down, you know, Golden golden Highway. Or like causing their teammates to, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, D-Wade, punch them in I the mean, face. I mean, or... I mean D-Wade pissed off Miami a little bit whenever he left to go play for his hometown team, Chicago Bulls. Uh, in hindsight, probably not the best move. Probably not the best move. Because the Bulls ended up sucking anyway, and he ended up back in Miami. Well, but, no, he had to stop in Cleveland. Oh, because yeah. Because they because that season it it was not not this season, season prior. Yeah. Um, that uh, LeBron tried to put together 
an all-star team, and it just didn't cl- gel. Didn't work. It was, you know, he had Derrick Rose, D Wade, um, uh, what's the guy that uh, Ir- Kyrie Irving in Kyrie, Ir- you know, they traded Kyrie Kyrie Irving to Boston. D Wade went back to my got traded to Miami. Derrick Rose, I don't know if he's still playing basketball or if he's back in grocery somewhere. Um, Derrick Rose is Derrick Rose is playing. Uh, he's one of the biggest busts though, in the NBA. Well, he was injured a lot. A lot. Um, uh, not as big as bust as uh, Odom. No. Or not... not Greg uh, Odom? Not... Uh, Greg Odin? Odin. Yeah. Not Lamar Odin. Uh, yeah. Lamar. Greg Odin. Did he play, what, one full season, maybe? Yeah. Um, that, yeah. of course, was like... Uh, who took him? Portland? Yeah. And then Seattle took Durant? Yeah. With the second pick, and then the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City... And now Durant is on the Lakers where, you know... Wait, Durant's a Laker now? <laughs> yeah, isn't he? No. No. Durant's uh, Warriors. Oh, yeah, Warriors. Okay. So so Durant's on the Warriors. My bad. Yeah. Um, LeBron's on the Lakers. Yeah, LeBron's on the Lakers now. But, um, but so the thing with D-Wade is, is he went back at the end of last season uh, to the Heat, and then he told him, I'm going to play one more year and I'm retiring. Uh, you know, from the heat. Yeah. You know, and um, so he had like a farewell tour. He had, a and farewell he got to tour. do jersey exchanges. Yeah. Like it, and like, you know, it was cool because I for, I forget what game I saw, but you know, like he went up to some rookie and was like, you know, can I have your jersey? Like I respect your game. Right. And like that was like a huge moment for that player. You know, it was, and he was, and I I, I can't for the life of me remember. I can't remember. It, who it was. It, it might have been Trey Young from Atlanta. Uh, but it, it was some, it was somebody who was like I you know he was just trying to like walk off the court after the game and like D Wade comes up behind him and like taps him on the shoulder and is like hey buddy like you want to trade jerseys yeah and he's like fuck yeah man I, I, I mean yeah totally uh, I would if D Wade wanted my work shirt he could have my Crystal Palace T shirt that yeah. I'm wearing right now yeah uh, but totally I, I wore a different T-shirt D, D, when I D was Wade, working today. But D yeah. Wade has th- three championships. He has one. Um, so what, what's funny is I heard this is um, they were talking about who was the who's the better player who will get in the Hall of Fame more, uh, Nowitzki or or uh, or D Wade. Um, I think it's D Wade was the overall better player. Mm. Nowitzki was a because D Wade was also multiple time. Uh, he was a, a Finals MVP. He was a multiple-time All-Star. He was a League MVP. You know, he has a lot of the same stats as Dirk. Um, Dirk just played longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, different styles of play. You, you, different styles of play. And, and it, it, you know, if you take if you take one player to put the ball in your hand to win you a game, is it Dirk or is it D-Wade? Mm, could be either. It could be either. I would, I would lean towards more D-Wade. But I'd say D-Wade is the type of player you build a team around. Yes. Dirk was, you, you build a team around Dirk, but Dirk was a more of a role player. You still need somebody to bring the ball up. Yes. When when you got Dirk, like he he does do things that are not typical big man things, but he's you know nobody's mistaken him for you know a point guard at any point when he's out there. Right. So yeah, like Wade Wade was like the whole team. Um, you know when the Mavericks are good, like they had Dirk, but they also had. You know other pieces. They did. Um, and Jason all, Terry was 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 at the ceremony. Like, well, that Dirk, dude was clutch. Well, Dirk's, you know, Dirk's and Jason two, Kidd a lot of the a lot of those years. 
Dirk has one uh, championship. He's been in two. Both of them were against the Heat. Yeah. So they're one and one. Yeah. Uh, the first time they were against the Heat uh, when they lost was whenever that year that um, Shaq left LA and went to Miami and won it in my and won it back to back with the Heat. Um, he he well he won it with LA and then he won it with the Heat. So back to back for him. Uh, and then of course we know with LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh the big the the big three that they put that team together. Um, you know you had. Uh, that going on, and the first year they went to the fi- the finals, and then that was whenever the the, the Mavericks uh, beat them in the finals. The first year, then they of course they went back to back champions with the Heat there, and then LeBron headed back to Cleveland. I know they lost again, then LeBron headed back to Cleveland. They lost to the Spurs one year, mm. uh, but yeah, uh, both great careers for both of them. Um, wish them well. Uh, we'll probably see them on a, as an analyst somewhere along the line here. I don't think Dirt. Nah, I don't Dirk, know about Dirk Dirk. said he does not think broadcasting is something that he wants to do, but I, there's there's me being a broadcaster and an analyst. Ah, uh, yeah, but you know he's not going to broadcast games and call games. But you could, see, but you, you you could maybe see him being on like a on a panel with like Shaq and Barkley and uh, them on like uh, a TNT basketball they, show. You know the Ma- the Mavericks have like Cedric Sabalos on their like pre and post game show. Yeah. So I, I, I think Dirk's too humble to like just outrightly say like Yo said I'm coming for your job. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean he can end but, up being like Larry yeah. Bird and go back to his fucking farm and have fun. Drink beer in the driveway and shoot yeah. some hoops. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh that, that's something there. Um so and then also you have Magic Johnson, who I think in poor taste, um made last night all about him. That was crazy. I don't think it worked. Uh I don't know anybody like the the people on the Mavericks broadcast were just like, "Oh, Magic Johnson quit." Like <laughs> on like we were like going into like hour 6 of like Mavericks coverage. Like it's not like it was a too much of a distraction. Like if you were sitting at the game like reading on like reading tweets, you know, you you might have seen like more like Lakers talk than you wanted to in your timeline for like about an hour, but I, I don't think it was really too much of a distraction, really. Uh, but but it is kind of an unwritten rule with these things that you like don't upstage. You know what I mean? Like like baseball teams don't hire like they don't announce the new manager that they hired like during Game Seven of the World Series, except for something like that did happen a couple years ago, and I remember being like a big deal. Yeah. Um. Magic Johnson, like, you get frustrated and you want to quit your job. I mean, like, I guess, like, you don't wait. You just, like, say it. And you're... Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, and on the apparently other hand, he didn't give anybody any warning. He just did it. I liked his explanation that he, like, he doesn't like the tampering rule. So, like, that's why he quit. Yeah. It's just like, well, that's, like, the rules, man. It's just like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be a CPA anymore, man. <laughs> like, they keep making me, like... Yeah. You know, get audited and stuff, and it's bullshit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he just so he didn't give any fair warning. And, and for somebody that says Jeannie mm. Bus is like his sister, yeah. Uh, I mean, when he was a player, he would be at the Bus's house, mm-hmm. and she was a little kid and whatnot. Uh, I mean, and for somebody that says that you have utmost respect for and that you think of her as a little sister, but yet don't have the decency to like call her up and be like can we talk about this? Yeah. But then his thing was, is that she would try to talk him out of it. You know, and, and, well, they've got a GM waiting in the wings there in Los Angeles. Yeah, they do. LeBron wants to pick his teammates anyway, so. Right, I mean. But you're not allowed to just like, 
call people up in the middle of the season and be like, hey, you want to, like, come play for us? Like, we'll, we'll yeah. make it worth your while. Yeah, it's the tampering. And, like, they were trying to, they tried their damnedest to get, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's his, his name? name? From the Anthony Pelicans. Davis? Yeah, from the Pelicans. And uh, it didn't work out. No, it didn't it work a, out. It was, a, it was a disaster for the Pelicans, and it was a disaster for AD, and not so much a disaster for the Lakers, because they were just kind of already bad and just, I don't know. If they if they had gotten Anthony Davis, yeah, they, they might have made a run for the playoffs, right? But they they would have had to give something away. They would have give away, you know, the Pelicans wanted way too much, and the Lakers weren't willing to give it to them. And and then what, what then what are you gonna have? You're gonna field the team with LeBron and AD. That's it. That, that would, that's yeah. what it would have been essentially, and uh, like, probably some like walk ons from UCLA. Yeah, and there's there's some you know, and, and Lonzo Ball is not. He was not worth a number two pick. Yeah, all I the mean, hype, man. It's it was all, all hype. hype. It was all hype. And his I, dad and did a good job. His, his dad, dad did a good job hyping right, him up, and, and that was it. He made a ton of like windfall money for his family, um, you know. But like, well, the big baller brand's defunct. You the saw big his baller tattoo- brand is defunct. You saw his tattoos all covered up with diamonds and stars yeah, yeah. now. So I mean. Like I said, it's like his a, it was a one-time windfall. His dad, his dad's gonna end up if his, his dad's gonna end up ruining his career as well yeah. as his two younger brothers' careers. If he hasn't already ruined his two younger brothers' careers, because they're nowhere near NBA quality, and he pulled the one out of college and one out of high school and took him to Europe to play. Yeah, like, come on, in like a second division, like yeah. Lithuanian team, like not yeah. even, you know. It's yeah, not like, it's not like I they're mean, playing for Real. And, and Lonzo Ball still says he could beat Michael Jordan at one on one. Go fuck yourself. You're not beating. I, the only way you're beating uh, Michael Jordan at one on one is if he's in a wheelchair, and then I still give Michael Jordan ten to one. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you could uh, beat him at golf one on one, maybe. No, maybe. <laughs> not maybe. I mean, if you're a good golfer, man, Michael Jordan's beaten Tiger Woods. Has he? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. And Tiger didn't let him win. From what I understand, yes. I'm sure Tiger idolized Michael Jordan growing up. Uh, a lot of people idolize Michael Jordan growing up. That's one of the NBA games I've been to in my life. Remember whenever they used to hold uh, uh, preseason NBA games yeah. at Civic Arena? I saw Barkley. Uh, okay, I saw Barkley. I, went, I saw the, the Sixers play the, the um, Houston Rockets. All right. So but Hakeem Olajuwon didn't yeah. play. I, I, so went, I saw Barkley. I went to that game as well and saw Barkley, but we also mm. went to the Knicks Bulls. Yeah, I didn't go to that one. Knicks Bulls. I mean, that was, oh, come on, that 90s awesome. 90s Knicks Bulls, Patrick Ewing. Michael Jordan, Starks. Pippen, they have Starks? John Starks. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was. Oakley. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and so, and many, the, so many great so, so the, lyrics spawned by that team. So so the uh, so the best thing about that game, the worst thing about that game was, is they only played the first quarter. Uh, the best part was, is we got to see them play. Yeah. Because <laughs> being a kid in Pittsburgh with not an NBA team, the closest thing was Cleveland or Philly. I mean, and your parents weren't driving you to Cleveland for a weekend. They go to a fucking Bulls Cavs game because the Cavs didn't draw anybody anyway. They played in like. Richfield Coliseum back then. Yeah, they so did. They you weren't even going to Cleveland. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were outside Cleveland. They, there was no such thing as Gundarina. Yeah, you know, uh, which is now the Q. But yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous uh, on that. Uh, but that's awesome. That's a little bit of NBA stuff there. I mean, there's some great players that retired, and then Magic, of course, was a great player, and um, and so forth. He'll be back. He'll be back somewhere. He's, he's still part he's owner still of the Dodgers. He owns cities. Yeah, he's he's too invested in sports teams to like never like take another yeah. job in yeah. the front he, office. He owns cities. I mean, he owns but between all his restaurants and movie theaters and hotels yeah. and dude's worth a couple at least a billion, if not more. Yeah, he'll be back. 
so we got the uh, Steelers preseason schedule came out. Uh, first two games are at home with the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs coming to Heinz Field. And then you have the final two games, which I'm a little upset about because I really like going that third preseason game because that's the one that you really mm. see the, the first team offense, first team defense, pretty much plays the whole first half, if not into the second half. Um, that's where you really see what's going to happen. But those games, it's going to be an 8 o'clock game, uh, Sunday night, 8 o'clock game in Nashville. And then they finish up in Carolina. So that's the preseason schedule for right now. Uh, for what's going on there. Uh, we still haven't seen the regular season schedule. That'll come out here, I guess, just after the draft, uh, which is in a couple, like, week and a half, somewhere in there. Uh, also, uh, did you see uh, AB's attack on Juju? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't entirely. Shit. I mean, like, I was, I was kind of trying to follow it and like reading back through the timeline. Um, but it's just like, come on, dude. What the fuck? Juju's fine. I mean, Juju's fine. He's on social media a lot, so it's, Juju's fine. He's on social media. He he's knows doing how a good to handle thing. himself, he, and he's doing a good thing. Uh, I, I think he's had some. I think he's had some uh, um, good upbringing. Yeah, and. I I also worry I worry um, that Juju could end up with that diva mentality at some point but down the line. But this is good then because like if a diva like Antonio Brown is like you know lashing yeah. out at Juju for no reason, then this gives Juju an opportunity to say like, "Hey, that's really shitty behavior." Right. I don't like the way that that made me feel. And I will endeavor in the future not to, to not be so. like that. Right? You know? Yeah. Nobody uh, nobody ever punked A B because and, he And was, it all started A B was, AB was and amazing. It, and it from all like, started because you know, a fan posted Juju team MVP mm-hmm. the the poster and everything and whatnot. And then that and then A B went back at some fan and said, Yeah, that's why he dropped the ball and cost us the playoffs and fumbled it. you know. And that's what started it. Yeah. I'm like, dude, uh, You've dropped some balls and shit. And then somebody came back and posted the one of him stepping out of bounds against Miami, which also cost us the playoffs. Yeah. But she scored the touchdown, but they showed it. What, Antonio Brown? Yeah, whenever he was going down the sideline. Yeah. And then he stepped out of bounds, barely. Barely, but... But but his foot was on white. That's why we have replay. Yeah, and then it cost us the playoffs, Mm because that score would have made us win, and we would have went to the playoffs. And, you know, but hey, shit happens. But he attacked. Indeed. He attacked. He, he gave an attack back at Juju. Ryan Clark calling out AB, and and Ryan Clark was on the same team as AB before AB was AB. Yeah. Um and whatnot, and and Ryan Clark got on him and shit. The best part is is watching the other players in the NFL. The other players in the NFL coming out and calling out AB, and especially some of those safeties and DBs. Is, I can't wait till you come across the middle. Uh-huh. I'm gonna knock your fucking head off. Yeah. Like. They're not flat flat out saying Look, that, man. But they're like this is going away. Present to us is to like just help us not miss him. You know, he's just like, look, Pittsburgh. Like you don't miss me. I'm a dick. You know, I can't. I can't like eternal sunshine you because that shit doesn't actually exist. So I can't just like erase all memory of me ever having See, played for the Steelers. Right. But I will make you not ever miss me ever again by like showing you what a colossal fuck I can be. See, I, and here's the thing: is AB's got Derek Carr throwing to him. He's got a, you know, I don't think the groovy. Off, I don't think the offensive line up there is good enough. Yeah. Um, he's a prolific receiver. He's great mm. at his job. 
Uh, he just can't keep his mouth shut. Um, you know, I, I mean, we've seen this over the years with several several players in several different positions. Um, but for that a- for that aspect there, good riddance. Be gone with you. Have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, like I said, it's a little easier to watch him walk away when he's going to act like this. Exactly, um, it is. And it's, you know, he's got to come back to Pittsburgh for a court hearing here shortly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, I did a magistrate, or is he going downtown? <laughs> it has to go downtown because he didn't show up for the magistrate. So okay, 30, okay. So, so, so right. he had thirty days to file because he was found automatically guilty for not showing up. Mm. So he had thirty days to file for a court hearing. So whenever his lawyer filed for that court hearing, because uh, I mean, does five hundred and sixty dollar fine cause AB whatever to? to care but it's the fact that his license might be suspended and this that or whatever I mean he's paying that lawyer regardless mm-hmm. you don't you, you don't like act like Antonio Brown and like not have someone on retainer so yeah. I guess he, he, I, he didn't hire the right one though if he would have hired the right lawyer he wouldn't even have to it, it, it wouldn't even have seen a courtroom yeah but, I mean, <laughs> but I don't know who the judge is out there in Ross Township but I do Opiella <laughs> we'll get into why later <laughs> just remember my son grew up in Westview I grew up in North Hills okay we've met yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as for AB as a person I've waited on him several mm-hmm. times I've had him at my bar several times I've never had a personal issue with him on that level where it's like yo here's your tab pay your bill motherfucker mm-hmm. oh and oh tip me well cause he's always mm-hmm. taking care of me yeah and he's never acted a fool you know stuff like that um but he was he was flashy and you could tell he was cocky as fuck mm-hmm. but you know he wasn't he wasn't an asshole to me yeah I've heard to other people he has been but just don't fumble Right? That's the key. Right? Speaking about fumbling. Oh boy. What the fucking Penguins do tonight? Bad defense. Bad defense. Like, really ridiculous. And I actually got to see the visuals for a change because it was on NBC streaming. Yes. And there's about a minute delay. You know? But, um, God, that, that goal in overtime. Like what were they doing? So I didn't see. There's the like overtime. five penguins down around the crease. I, I didn't see the overtime goal because I was in the office cashing out my drawer mm-hmm. to get out of work. Yeah, you tried. <laughs> um, and I would have listened to the rest on the radio. You could have cashed out faster. You might have caught some. Uh, or if I would have stayed on the bar longer. Yeah. Uh, literally, yeah, if I would stay like on the bar four minutes. If I would stay on the bar four minutes longer, I would have mm-hmm. seen it. Um, but yeah, uh, the. Um, Oh, I, oh! Look at that! It's good to see him doing some good. After Grayson he, Allen. Yeah, yeah. They're going to the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I'm so ready for the playoffs. Like I just don't even care about the NBA. Speaking right of now. the playoffs, though, the Pens started out tonight uh, with a loss, four three, overtime game one. They um, came back from one goal down. Three they did. Times. Yeah, they did. Uh, never managed to get a lead. Well, that well they tied it. They never got a lead. Uh, and that first goal that was let up. Uh, that got called back for offsides was mm. still a weak goal anyway. A weak goal, yeah. It like, was a weak goal the offside, that Murray let like, in, but the offside... Two years ago, that just would have been a goal mm-hmm. because they didn't have challenging offside, and it was so borderline close. You know, but yeah. they, they have a really good setup there, and they're able to, like, 
look yeah, at the cameras video. right on the lines. And it was yeah. So guy was offside, <clears throat> very clearly, but no goal. Not clear to the naked eye. Clear not, no, it wasn't clear to the naked clear eye. Clear on slow motion replay. You know, so it was a good call to overturn the goal. I but mean, it still like doesn't inspire confidence that a goal like that would happen. <clears throat> It does not, and and, uh, and that I think right there like rattled Murray because he let he let the first goal of the game in within yeah. the next minute and a half. Uh huh. Like, but yeah, they didn't respond well at all. Yeah, no, the Pens and, did and not Bob Barry's like, oh, this will give them like a momentum boost because they, you know, it did not give. It doesn't always boost. work out that way, man. You ever like you ever like you know almost get hit by a car or something? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh <laughs> and shit, you're like, oh shit, and you're not like, <laughs> okay, let's go back out and cross that street, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, you're more tentative the next time. What's that song, Once Bitten, Twice Shy? Yeah. I think that might have happened a little bit to Murray in the first period. Because the second goal came, like, right on the heels of the first disallowed goal. And was also kind of soft. Soft, soft, soft. I mean, each team had a power play goal. Like, everything else was even strength. Um, I wasn't too impressed. And I don't like this attitude that they're like... They keep saying, like, oh, the Islanders weren't supposed to be here. Like, that was at the beginning of the season. Well, yeah, because they, Barry Trotz they took have, over. They're the higher seed. Like, how are people Barry, saying that they're the underdog? Yeah, Barry Trotz. I don't care what Vegas is saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Islanders have the higher seed because they had a better record. Yeah, Barry and Trotz younger took and, over. And, like, scary to me. So Barry Trotz took over a last-place team. Why did Barry Trotz even they, leave they Washington? They lost their best player. Why did Barry Trotz even leave Washington? After winning the Stanley Cup. Because he told John Tortorella he was going to. And you do not lie to John Tortorella. <laughs> That's my theory. Because he was done with it before they won the Cup. Like, yeah, he announced when, he it, was when it was assumed that they were just going to go lose to the Penguins in the second round last year, like they always do. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, well, they'll lose, and then Trotz will be out. And they won the Cup. And then he's, what, like, three days go by? And he's like, yeah, I'm not coming back. Yeah. And, and uh, you know. He said he was retired. You knew he's going to find a job somewhere else. Yeah. And, like, the Islanders needed a coach. And it's it's a passionate fan base. And it's it is. A, it's, a, it's a good market to be in. It's New York. Um, Very good market to be in. You know, he's going he's to get to reunite with his buddy Torts in the second round because... Did you see what Columbus did tonight? Columbus came back. They came and won. back from three down. Yeah, Columbus yeah. came back from three down to third and won. Uh, you know, it was uh, that was uh, an interesting game. Uh, but you know, the Pens they they played against the Islanders all season. They're in the same conference, obviously, and they they split the uh, season. But they had the um, there was an overtime. It was like two one and one. Yeah, yeah. So who won the overtime though? The Pens. Okay. So the Pens had the tiebreaker. Mm. In the event they would have finished with the same yeah. record, the Pens okay. had the tiebreaker. That's what would have happened if the last game of the season, if the Pens would have won, they would have went into second as long, you know, and whatnot. Uh, because the Islanders did lose their last game of the season. Um, but the Pens stayed in third because they got an overtime. Uh, and then they had the tiebreaker. They had the extra point over top of the Hurricanes. So that's how they got in the third spot. Here and there. The uh, defense definitely needs to step up that game. Um, Brian Dumoulin tonight got fucking hammered, which I would have 
thought should have been a fucking penalty. Yeah. If it was the NFL, he would have been flagged 15-yard personal foul. I mean, because he got horse-collared his ass down behind the net. Um, he went up. He had a, he had blood coming from his nose, and he's going to the ref like, look, fucking bleeding over here. You know, and they didn't call anything. They were letting him play. Um, but, you know, it's one of those... It's playoff hockey. Playoff hockey, they... they you, you, you're... And this series is going to set up to be a brutal one. Mm-hmm. This series, I mean, the Pens and Islanders have a history. I mean, uh, if you remember, I was at the game where Brett Johnson ended DiPietro's career. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> when he dropped DiPietro in the goalie fight with one punch. That was my son's 17th birthday. The picture's right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that was... <laughs> that, you know, because I always took, took when I had my season tickets, I always took them to the game for his birthday, and I always went for my birthday, and um, and uh, yeah, that, that was we got to see a goalie fight that night. Nice. I, mean, I think that's the only goalie fight I've ever seen live. Awesome. Uh, but the Pens and the Islanders do have do have a history, a lot of history, and, and I can see this getting getting physical mm-hmm. quickly. There was a fight in like the first like minute of the Tampa game. Oh yeah, because they they were because it started a half hour before the Pens game, so I was watching a little bit of that, and like you know that could get chippy, but um as far as the Pens go, like you know there's gonna be probably another game or two played before anyone hears this podcast, so hopefully they do what they said they were gonna do in all their interviews tonight. They're gonna watch the tape of this game and they're gonna fix whatever the hell went wrong because yeah you know that'd be great. They 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 scored three goals and lost, and that's not a good recipe for success in the playoffs so we'll see what happens i still think you know you win a game in long island on friday and it's you a come back to series P- yeah you win a game in long island on friday you come back to pittsburgh for sunday uh, afternoon and it's a you know one one series and i hate know. afternoon games uh teams come out flat the players it hate afternoon games. it should be illegal to play a playoff game at noon yeah like this isn't big 10 football but anyway um that's when it's scheduled for and yeah like they need to treat this series like they're underdogs. At You're this off point. Sunday. I'm off Sunday. Yeah. Shit. Maybe we should watch game time and see how low the ticket prices go. <laughs> Maybe. It might not be a bad option there. What I got going? I... Sunday. The only thing I got Sunday is Game of Thrones. And that's at like eight o'clock at night. So yeah. you're fine. And again at like 10. Yeah. So you're fine. And I can DVR it. And you're fine. Yeah. All right, folks. With that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And we're going to come back and talk about some NCAA basketball and get into some baseball. Uh, remember, uh, Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. They host us as well as several other people. And also, hey, Jenny Lee Bakery, man. Go get some cinnamon swirl bread. Go to boldpittsburgh.com and scroll down the bottom of the page. Click on the Jenny Lee um poster down there and uh, order up some bread you can also order cookies if you go to bold pittsburgh uh check out our facebook page as well as twitter and instagram for bold pittsburgh you have uh amanda went the other day and made a nice little commercial video on how easy it is to go to jenny bakery and mckee's rocks and order online and just go pick up your cookies and your baked goods and everything else awesome all right folks we'll be right back in just a few moments let's talk tech Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, and we're back for our third and final segment here at Bold Sports. This past weekend, well, weekend, this past Monday, Mm -hmm. and also Sunday, there was two 
championship games in the NCAA men's and women's basketball. Let's talk about the men's first. It happened on Monday. Virginia wins the men's championship in its first appearance in a Final Four in an OT thriller. Um, instant replay, of course, became the focus of several debates. Uh, although that out of bounds call was a correct call mm-hmm. uh, being overturned, um, but the 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 upsetting point was is the time, the amount of time it took for the replay, not just on that out of bounds call, mm. but for other calls as well. There was a call at the end of the half that was a, a, a shot clock. Or not a shot call call. You know, it was... Did the ball leave his hand with the buzzer and whatnot? It was... The time it took to to make the replay calls was the most pain in the ass part about it. I mean, the last two minutes of basketball already takes a half an hour. Mm. So, (laughs) ultimately, if you talk to, like, people like my mother and also other people that are are not real basketball fans, they say give them 100 points each in five minutes call it a day <laughs> and you'll still have a game that's an hour long yeah well <laughs> you know that's not how it works and if you appreciate the finer points yes, of basketball exactly then you enjoy watching them run up and down for 40 minutes and making all these plays and going on these runs and you know having to like shift momentum and like the rotations are important and like it's it's actual much set, more simple actual set like plays. i agree they there should be it it is I always I always laugh and think like what it, what would have happened to you on the playground <laughs> if you would have been like okay it's like 20 to 18 and we're playing to 21 so I'm going to like foul this guy like you know as soon as he crosses half court yeah you know just so I can like you know get an inbounds play and like reset the clock like I mean like, there's no possession arrow in street ball no and like so yeah like it it does slow things down at the end and they do things from time to time to try to to change that but uh, you know like I I like the games and like the, the games that went to overtime in this year's tournament were, we're very exciting we're games. very exciting so games. it was it was worth waiting through the like you know little bit of like BS with with the timeouts and the you know possession arrow and the fouling um, because it's exciting when somebody makes a buzzer beater whether whether it's to win or to tie um now the the call in this Virginia game that I think did suck was the double dribble, yeah, where he bounced it off his foot and then regathered it, yeah, and they let him keep going. Um, that was that but, was a call that they let go. Definitely. But then what happened on that play was um, they they fouled the shooter in the act of shooting a three, um, which gives you three shots, and the he line. made them all, and he made them all, and that was and that was the difference. So. You know, you don't get the double dribble call and, like, you could have either, like, not fouled him and just let him take one shot. Um, it's obviously a smarter play to foul him because your, your odds of making three free throws, it's, you know... Are not very high. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, good, a good free throw shooter shoots about 80%, right? And these guys who shoot threes now, like, they hit about 35%. So... Your odds of making like three foul shots in a row. I mean, Steph. Curry, I, I'm no statistician, but I, I mean, mean Steph, I mean, I think Steph Curry. I think is is the highest statistically uh, for for three point shots. I think he's at like forty four percent or some something like that. You know, so I mean, it, you got that going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, 
you know what? The other the other issue is is why the hell are they starting the championship game at a nine twenty East Coast time? What the fuck? I understand they're in Minnesota. There's a West Coast though. There is a West Coast. I understand there's a West Coast. And basketball's only supposed to be two hours long. Correct. So you but okay, but but you think about the think about this, the um, so for college or pro that matter, I understand the West Coast three hour time difference. They're playing in Minnesota, which puts them an hour behind the East Coast. Yeah. So it's an eight twenty start in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Understandable. But with college, you have the game, two hours. Then you have. The ceremony afterwards that they have, trophy, net cutting, all that. And then they have the one shining moment, which is mm. usually like 10 to 15 minutes long. Mm. I mean, it's like one song. It's like 10, 15 minutes long. I didn't, I didn't realize Frank Zappa cut a version of one shining moment. <laughs> like, we're. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's like that long. Because they, it seems like they play it over and over, but because they, they put all the, the highlights and everything in there, so you're, I mean, so now I, I don't even know what time everything was all said and done. That was Monday night, and I'm trying to remember what I did Monday night, but it wasn't. I worked, but anyway, here nor there, it's it's one of those. You know, I understand the West Coast time, so three hours difference. What's seven seven o'clock? Seven o'clock. Uh, I I mean yeah, so the West Coast gets screwed a little bit. A little bit, but they they're on the you West know. Coast, so they're probably used to it, um, to some extent. Yeah, it's just like. That's just how they do things, man. Like, the State of the Unions are always at 9. Uh, yeah, but the State of Unions is over for the news. No, it's like a, <laughs> because it's like an hour and a half speech, not a two-hour basketball game. Right. Like, yeah. are you just mad that you missed the news? Is that, like, what this no, is about? I, no, I'm mad that I missed the news. You know they I, have no, news on no, Channel no. 4 and 11 also. No, right? I know, I know, but I watched... There's a 10 o'clock broadcast yeah, yeah. that lasts an hour Yeah, and I watched, the news, I watched the news <laughs> afterwards, but, but the thing is, is you got, you know, you got kids... That are interested in this game. You got adults that have to work the next day. As an adult, here's the thing. You want to stay and watch a basketball game, you're going to be cranky tomorrow because you didn't get enough sleep before you went to work. That's on you. I'm a bartender. You know how many times I went to work with a fucking hangover? Several. Okay? That's on me. You know, I don't call off work because I don't because I had a hangover or I didn't sleep enough last night. I just deal. But, like, you got kids that are interested in this and whatnot. It's like... They should play it at 8.30, but that's, like, the earliest they can do it. I mean, Monday okay. Night Football is like eight thirty, right? Monday Night Football is eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock is Monday Night Football. Well, football games last longer. Football games three hours. So, you know, uh, but, but I mean, but then the West, the West Coast people aren't aren't even home. You know? Yeah, because it's five o'clock on the West Coast. You know, you're still stuck in traffic on the four o five. Four o five. It just it sucks that it's. That they do that, that it's it's a you know nine thirty nine twenty start whatever. Look, man, 
Small price to pay for living in the best time zone in the world. The Eastern time zone of the United States of America. Because everything's based off the Eastern Because everything's... Times. We got New York. We got Washington. <laughs> we got fucking Toronto. We got Boston. Okay? We got Toronto. Yeah, the whole fucking sports world revolves around the East Coast. And don't you ever forget it. It does. You know? Georgia's in our, in our time zone. The Miami Hurricanes are in our time zone. <laughs> you know? We got the D.C. United. <laughs> so... With Virginia winning and that being their in their first appearance in the Final Four, um, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a hey, we kind of fucked up last year because last year Virginia was a number one seed overall going into the tournament and became the first number one seed overall or number one seed in general to get knocked off by a sixteen seed by UMBC last season. Yeah, it was a So this is their monumental con- turnaround for th- them. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, like I didn't even consider that narrative until after the tournament was over. Like I don't know anybody who was like pulling for Virginia to redeem themselves. Because I mean, there's, there's still, people that had Virginia in their bracket. They were the but, only one seed left in the tournament. Right. So like I think as a neutral I know I was reading for Texas Tech. I was, Even though yeah. I knew practically nothing about them because uh, I don't yeah. watch much Big Twelve basketball. Neither do I. Um I watched a lot of ACC ball, and I, I knew that I knew that Virginia plays like a suffocating defensive style. They do. I was, talk, I was talking to my one buddy, and he's like, he's like, I don't really follow the basketball. Like, who's in the Final Four? And I, I told him the teams, and he's like, Oh, Virginia, they're the Cavaliers. He's yeah. like, I like, I like them, like, because he was in, he was in the, Army. the cavalry. Yeah, right. And I'm just like, well, they're not like that, right? <laughs> they're, they're like the ditch diggers of like, the, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, hey, like defense is important. Defense wins championships, and. That happened on Monday. That did happen on Monday. Now, what happened on Sunday was Baylor held off Notre Dame to win the women's tournament. That's a 80, heartbreaker. 82-81. Uh, I personally found the women's uh, the women's Final Four uh, more entertaining yeah. than the men's this year. Same. Um, uh, all the games came down to final possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baylor's Lauren Cox, uh, she went down late in the third with an apparent knee injury. Uh, she... Finished the game on the sidelines in a wheelchair uh, with a big brace on yeah. and a big wrap on. Mm. Um, I didn't see her get up or stand up or nothing afterwards. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any of it that, because that my, was my big... dad didn't put it on. He was like, they're getting blown out. They were. They, they were 17 on, points down. He put on He put on something for the kids to watch. And then and then he was like, you know, it's, it's so funny to watch your like, <laughs> yeah. your like, you know, elder father, like, asking a five-year-old for permission to, like, check the basketball score during commercials. <laughs> but you he, know was what? Like, he was, like, flipping out. He was like, you oh, crap, this is, a, this is a game on here, man. Like, you, you, you know what? Think about, th- think about, think about this is, is when you were a kid, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, you're watching DuckTales. Yeah. And your dad comes home, and you're like, what are you doing home from work early? You're like, the Pirates are playing in Chicago. It's 1992, and it's a, you know, and whatever, and you're, and you're watching DuckTales. He grab and he just walks over just before remote controls. He walked mm. over and turned the TV knob, and you're like, well, "I was watching DuckTales." You're like, no, pirates are on. I would have no objection. Yeah. Right. Okay. You Not nothing I, against DuckTales. Yeah, yeah. But I was like you, such a huge pirates fan. Yeah, you always, and I wouldn't have objection. You know? we'd probably already be watching the game. Yeah. But now think about this: your dad's now a grandfather. Mm-hmm. So now he's like, what he told you know about. Mm-hmm. Is now quite all right for the for the grandkids, and yeah. he will provide it for them. Mm-hmm. No, you cannot have a Hershey bar at four o'clock in the afternoon. Dinner's at five. Yeah. Oh, you want a Hershey bar? Let me go get you a five pounder. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm not the person who tells you that you can't have things. Like, 
you already have two of those and one of them I raised. So, like, I trust her judgment. And, like, if she wants to challenge me, she can. But, like, you know, I'm not going to make you watch a blowout basketball game, which was what it was at the time. Right. But, you know, like, when once we saw that it was close, like, yeah, we watched the end and it was very exciting. And I, I mean, guess my, I guess the... Notre Dame was 17 points down, and then Cox goes out, and then that was the big momentum switch right there. Then the fourth, and then uh, Abawale. 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 She was really good. She hit that point. She hit, that was a buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. And then after that, they had to review that. That was like a four-minute review of did it leave her hands in enough time, this, that, the other thing, whatever. And then they counted it. And then they flipped court, started the fourth, and Notre Dame just went on a run. Mm-hmm. A severe run. You know, it was awesome. Uh, of course, we're pulling for Notre Dame because we like Notre Dame. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm not mad that Baylor won. I'm upset that Notre Dame lost. I'm not it's mad tough. that Baylor won. I never like it when a team loses because they like had a bad injury. Right. Or like a bad call went against them. So like in this case, like Baylor lost a big lead after their you know, like, best player went down, and it's, you know, it's not just, like, you're you're missing her skills and what she brings to the team, you know, it's like you're, she's like your leader, your captain almost, you know, so everybody gets a little shook because of that, um, so it, it was, it was cool to watch them, you know, face that adversity and, like, blow the lead and, like, still come back and win, like, you know, I'm not, I don't think of Notre Dame as, like, a basketball school, like, I'm, you know, I, I'm passionate about Notre Dame football. Um, I guess if I had to pick a second favorite Notre Dame team, it would be women's basketball because, like, I'm just, you know, I'm too much of a pit fan in men's basketball to really, really ever adopt Notre Dame as my team. But but the Notre Dame women are actually really good, so it's, like, kind of like, oh, well, I could just follow this team that's really good. And it's, like, easy easy way into, like, women's basketball as a fan because, like, they, they're pretty good. They are, um, and, and the way they handled Connecticut, mm-hmm. I mean, that game came down to, you know, uh, you know, last final shots and final possessions. It was amazing. Uh, but this year, I think the women's tournament was a lot better than the, the women's final four was better than the men's final yeah. four. In my personal opinion, whatever. I wish they hadn't scheduled, like, the women's Elite Eight in competition with the men's games. Right. Because they usually try watch. to alternate them. You but... can switch back and forth, but you can't watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they should play the women's games always on nights that it's just, like, men's NIT. Because people will get the picture that, like, the women who are actually playing for a trophy that people care about, you know, is more entertaining to watch. And I think with, you know, like, the way, like, men's basketball is going these days, it's all about three-pointers anymore. Well, nobody's I mean, no, dunk, okay. nobody's dunking anymore, you know? Well, unless like, you're Zion Williamson. Well, yeah, but that guy, you know. Which he won player of the year. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, expected. As one does. Uh, you know. And, and the other two freshmen who've won player of the year were like, what, Kevin Garnett and... Uh, like, Kevin Garnett and... No, no, not KG. Not, no, KG never went to college. No. Um, so, but it was like one and done people. Yeah, it was two one and done yeah. guys. Um, Durant. KD. Was that a Kevin? I knew there was yeah. a Kevin involved. KD and, um, well, I don't want to say D-Wade, but. Nah. 
He was kind of he was kind of hidden down at Marquette. Yeah, he was. He, Not a lot of people knew about D Wade until he kicked the crap out of Pitt, knocked them out of the tournament. Right. And like, well, that guy's gonna be. At least they got beat by a Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was a great that was a great tournament, both men's and women's. Great tournaments. Uh, I know everybody in the world lost their bracket was shit burned. And I whatnot. didn't even look at mine. Um, I know Amanda's was done. If I get a t- if I get an email from ESPN that says like you finished in like you know the top one hundred, that happened to me one year. You know what I mean? Like I, that's I filled, awesome. I filled out a bracket. It was it was college pick'em, and I I reversed my points like the confidence points. I thought it was like a ranking system, so I I took my like like twenty point spread like this game's a lock, and I put like one point on it. And I put 40 points on, like, the championship game that was, like, really close. But it doesn't matter if you pick every game right. And I picked, like, I was right on so many games just by, like, picking the favorites. <laughs> nice. I just got the, I just got all the spreads and picked all the favorites. And at the end of the tournament, they were like, yeah, you finished in, like, the top 1,000 or whatever. Like, I didn't win anything, but they're like, your name's in a drawing for, like, a flat screen TV. And I was like, cool. Like, and I, I didn't win it, but yeah. it was just like, hey, man, it's just an honor to be nominated. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, so, yeah, uh, honestly, I think the college basketball game is way better than the NBA game, in my personal opinion. I'm um, starting to disagree because I've been watching a lot of NBA this year, and it's it's easier to manage. You know what I mean? Like, I just think there's too many college teams, and there's too many games on. And like, oh, I'm when not you saying, turn on the NBA, uh, like you're guaranteed to see like the Rockets or the Thunder right, right. or the Warriors, I, I, like every I'm night not, that you have like, I'm not saying, the occasion to watch. I'm not saying that there's not too many. I'm saying the game in general, how it's played, where okay. the set plays. You know, there's you know there you know the pat. It's not the NBA to me, and I know with uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors and whatnot, and there's a lot of like plays and the passes and so forth and they're and they're shooting outside shots but a lot of the nba is still you know dribble dribble walk pass walk pass travel dunk yeah isolation plays you know like the the screen and roll yeah you know yeah i mean get get the star playmaker open and then go to the basket that i can see how that can be tedious for some people but You've got the best talent in the world. Oh yeah, and it even even the like and the NBA players uh, only roster like, what twelve guys? Yeah, uh, or thir- thirteen or something. Twelve, like thirteen. That? You know, um, I think it's an odd number. So, but I mean, like they they don't even go into their whole bench. You know, some teams use like a nine person rotation. Yeah, and uh, we're getting into the playoffs now, and that's why I'm saying like I'm ready for that because it's, like I w- I will watch NBA like every night that there's not a Penn's playoff game. Right. That's that's how I feel. Like I would, I would rather watch a random basketball game than a random hockey game. If it if it comes down to like, is my team playing in the hockey game? Then like, yeah, if my team's playing the hockey game. I'll, I'll also you know. be that one. I'll watch a random hockey game, I, and and especially playoff hockey. Yeah, uh, it's a lot more intense. Basketball is one of those ones. that's like, it, it's gonna be on. You're in basketball playoffs. Basketball playoffs goes just as long as hockey, if not longer. So, it's a whole nother season. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a whole season, how about those Pirates? Uh, I have friends of mine that went to the game on Sunday to see a baseball game, and there was a UFC fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
So awesome. <laughs> I watched. So cool. I watched all the highlights uh, from that and so forth. I was uh, Sunday. I was golfing, so I didn't get to see the pirate game, but I heard about it, and then I watched all the highlights and lowlights and so forth. Uh, Chris Archer is suspended five games over his just a bit inside uh, pitch uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoon uh, against the Reds. Um, uh, Dietrich. Uh, yeah, so Dietrich in the second inning hit a bomb that ended up in the river. And he looked at it. And he, and he stood at the it. plate and he admired it. And he watched it. And then he decided to trot the first base and do his little home run trot. And that did not That did not sit well with Archer. Or Francisco Cervelli. Or Francisco Cervelli. Um, and we know Francisco Cervelli has been thrown out of a game for using the two words that will definitely get you out of thrown out of any baseball game with an umpire. And those two words, if you ever watch Bull Durham, if you call an umpire a cocksucker, you're gone. Okay? So, that's just it. Do you want to get thrown out of a baseball game? As a fan, you look at an umpire and be like, you're a fucking cocksucker. I think you're that's gone. one word. <laughs> that's one word. Okay. But, but, yeah, perhaps we're, you know. My English is not always great. But. <laughs> just say. I'm just saying, man. Like I, I know my my swears, right? I know which ones are compound words, and <laughs> but so he he, and then come to find out, ESPN did this a little bit about it. Apparently, Archer has a history. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, Big Poppy mm. put one out on him, and then. Stood there and watched it and chopped the first base and Archer went over and chirped in his ear the whole fucking time. Like, hey, you hit the fucking ball, it's gone. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's kind Take of crazy. Uh, and then he did it again with uh, a, a few other players that have that have kind of showed him up, so to speak. Say, look, you, you hit my pitch. It's gone. Just, you know, and it's one of those things that pisses him off. I get it. I used to pitch. I understand, um, but baseball has that has that like unwritten rule of like, you know, I may not hit you, but I'll let you know I'm pissed. So he threw behind Dietrich. <laughs> yeah, you knew that was coming. Yeah, I mean, he threw behind him. He didn't hit him. He didn't throw it at his head. That's what you're doing. You're you're sending a message. You're sending a message. Like well, if I cared about throwing a strike, I would have thrown a strike. Yeah. But I would rather hit you than throw a strike. Right. But um, maybe not so to the point that I want to like injure you. So maybe it'll go a little behind you. What they're doing is they're aiming for his ass. Yeah. You hit a guy in the ass, it's okay. You hit him in like the shoulder or the head. Then it's you, then you it's an might issue. actually have to like catch some hands. Yeah. You know. Well, some people caught some hands because Yasiel Puig came out and, and was defending his his, his uh, fellow teammate, which Yasiel Puig actually did throw punches. Uh, that's why Yasiel Puig has a two-game suspension. Um, the Reds' manager, um, the players were in the dugout, and the Reds' manager came out and started, because the umpire came out and looked at Cervelli and warned him, and he warned Archer, and then he went to the bench and warned the, ben the Reds' bench, and then he went to the Pirates' bench and warned the Pirates' bench. 
And the resume's like, why the fuck you warned? You don't even give us a chance to retaliate? He goes, no, I'm not giving you a chance to retaliate. Well, you're did, fucking warned. Because you... Yeah, right. That's pi- why he warned them. And in the last few years... Because he knows that they want to retaliate at this and point. And in the last few years... The, the pirate- whole point to, of warning people is yeah. to prevent this shit, so obviously... And also, in the last few years, the Pirates and the Reds haven't had the best relationship. The Pirates have bad relationships with everyone in their division, but especially... The Reds. The Reds. Um, it's ever since that Cueto game. And then they got Puig, and you just knew that, like... And Puig's a hothead! going to be crazy. And they added so many people. I mean, the Reds bought a team this year. And then you still have Joey Votto. And apparently, it's great to watch on TV when the Joey Votto comes off the bat in PNC Park, because it's just straight booze. Mm. Um, I don't hate him as much as I hate Braun. Yeah. Ryan Braun. I mean, I get it. I don't get the Joey Votto hatred as much. Yeah, um, I mean, he didn't take steroids, so I mean, it's not know. about steroids with me. It's just, I mean, it's it's like um, it's like the Sid Bream thing. Like he's yeah. doing his job, you know, yeah. <laughs> just doing his job, you know. He doesn't he doesn't like draw a lot of attention to himself. So so Chris Archer gets the highest suspension of five games, but he's a pitcher. He's only gonna miss one start. But the kicker is, is he misses five days of a paycheck. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, but he only misses one start. And that comes back to... I love when people who don't know baseball that much are like, What? Five games? That's ridiculous. Like, if you're a starting pitcher, anything less than a five-game suspension is no suspension at all. Right. Because they only play every five days. Right. So... He's missing one game. He's missing one start. Puig got two. Puig got two games. The manager got one game. Puig actually did something that's, like, not part of baseball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, throwing at guys is kind of part of baseball, but, like... Throwing punches? Punching people, no. Yeah, that's and not And, like, I it. wasn't watching. I was I was listening on the radio, like, up up in my office. I love listening to ball games on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. And I had the window open, nice breeze. And I was just kind of, like, reading a magazine and just chilling. And, like, when, when they said, like, oh, and now Puig is going after Tom Prince... I got so mad because, like, to me, Tom what Prince. What Tom Prince do to you? He's like an old timer. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Tom Prince is like in that same generation as like Sid Bream. They like, play together. I was like, it's not quite Pedro Martinez tackling Don Zimmer by his ears, but it's still bordering on elder abuse. So right. that made me really mad. But then when I saw the replay, I realized that like Tom Prince can handle his shit fine. He yeah, doesn't, he doesn't need my sympathy. I always remember, and I'm not going to be running down onto the field to actually fight Puig, so I'll just keep my comments to myself. I remember Tom Prince getting thrown out of a game. Uh, he was catching. I forget who he was catching. Was it? He was catching like John Smiley. I think he was catching mm-hmm. John Smiley, and the umpire just kept calling some random shit. Like they were balls that. Probably should have been strikes, and that was well before replay, and well before, and well before they had the box. I mean, this is in the '90s when Tom Prince was playing, and Tom Prince was, and and Tom Prince always had that big cheek of chaw mm-hmm. in his fucking cheek, and and he just kept spitting on home plate. <laughs> he lifted his masses right on home plate, and after my, I want to say it was like Joe West. Oh jeez. <laughs> Joe Wesley, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Joe West, you know. I mean, that's that's an example where maybe it's not all about the umpire. Like, maybe that just needed to happen. I don't know. You know. 
It's kind of unsanitary. <laughs> I mean, but he was... The umpire's got to, like, clean that shit off. I know. That's why he was doing so... it, because he was pissed at the umpire, so he kept spitting all that plate. Yeah, that's insubordination. And, 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 yeah. Tom Prince always had his cheek puffed out like a squirrel full of nuts with a big old chaw, like, beech nut. Like... Uh, <laughs> beech nut, man. I know, right? <laughs> they used to sell the beech nut mint candies at the vending machines in my high school. That was awesome. Uh, but the pirates, uh, uh, you know, they kind of, um, you know, uh, the, the, the Bucks being Bucks, uh, sweep the Reds on the weekend and then go to Chicago and lose 10 to nothing in the home opener for the Cubs in Wrigley. Uh, but they redeem themselves this evening with a five to two win in Wrigley over top of the Cubs. Um, you know, there's, it's baseball. It's early in the season. Who knows? I mean, baseball's upside down right now. There's lots of surprises going on this season. The Pirates are looking like a 500 team already. The Pirates are looking like a 500 team. The Rays are 10 and three. The Red Sox are three and nine. Okay, the Rays are leading the AL East at 10 and three. The next team behind them is the Orioles, which is five and seven. Then the Yankees are five and seven. The Jays are four and eight, and the Red Sox are three and nine. Like seriously, like currently. The Rays have a four and a half game lead on the rest of it. Redunculous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Tigers, nothing too crazy here. Four and eight. Indians are seven and four. Twins are six and four. White Sox are three and eight. And the Royals, two and nine. That's to be expected in that division. AL West, Mariners are 12 and two. Watch out, Mariners. Astros are eight and five. They're a very respectable team. They're right where they need to be. Dude, the Mariners are having like the best start they've ever had. Exactly. Since including the, no, like the best in franchise history. Right. Including the year they won 100 games. I know. It's ridiculous. But it's so early. You know, it's it's early. It's um, This will I, even itself out eventually. Everything does, you know. Baseball, that's why they play 162 games. The Angels um, are 7-6, and six, A's are 8-8, eight and eight, and the Rangers are 6-6. Six and six. Um you know, that's, it's kind of, that, that's upside down, especially in the AL East. That's mm-hmm. a complete role reversal. That's the big shocking point there is the AL East. And the NL East, you have the Mets, 7-4, and four, Braves are 7-4, and four, Phillies are 7-4. and four. No shock or surprise there. Nats are 6-5, and five, Marlins are 3-9, and nine. no shock there. Um, NL Central, Brewers are 8-5, and five, Pirates are 6-4, and four, Cards are 7-5, and five, Cubs are 3-8, and eight, Reds are 3-8. and eight. That's a little bit of a shocker, but again, it's early in the season. I mean, who knows? What was it? The last year? Yeah, the last year the Pirates made the wild card game when it was Cubs, Cards, and Pirates that were battling for the division mm-hmm. and the two wild cards to come out of the same division. And that's where it just sucked that, like, you know, the Pirates won 97 games, but the Cardinals won 90, 99, and the Cubs. And the and the Cubs, no way. Pirates won ninety eight games, you know. And the Cardinals won ninety nine. The Pirates won ninety eight, and then the Cubs won ninety nine or ninety ninety seven. And that's where it was, where we got to host the wild card game at least mm. because we had the better record. But it was one of those. Um, who knows that the NL Central could be the the division to watch. Um, NL West, Dodgers are eight and five, no shock there. Padres eight and five, Diamondbacks six and six, Giants four and nine, Rockies are three and nine. 
I mean, so you have some upside down divisions, and you have some pretty on par divisions. Uh, but again, you're 12 games in the season. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing. I love baseball. Um, you know, these narratives will build over time. Like we'll either be talking about the amazing turnaround of the Red Sox, or we'll be talking about you know another instance where the Red Sox win the World Series and then suck the next year. Because um, it's happened a lot. The Pirates, I think, will be wild card contenders until it's too late to do anything at the trade deadline. So I don't think they'll be big sellers this year. They better not be big sellers this year because they don't really have anything to sell. They need to be buyers. I mean, because look at Austin Meadows right now. Like, That's tearing else. it up in fucking Tampa Bay. Yeah, Glasnow's doing pretty good too. Glasnow's doing well. And Tampa Bay's actually finally starting to use some starting pitchers Yeah, instead of a Bullpen by committee. I wish I had time to ask Sid Bream another question. I would have asked him what he thinks about the opener phenomenon in baseball. The opener phenomenon? You know, where they just have a, a like a relief pitcher throw like one or two innings to start the game. Oh. Um, Tampa sort of embraced that more than any other team. But the Pirates, you know, I think, I think they might be more open to it in the future. And I, I know that, like, guys like Bob Walker are not fans of it. So it's it's kind of amusing, but um, again, it's like one of those old school things that like you know I would have expected Sid Bream to not like analytics and launch angle, but you know he he embraces that stuff. So I say if you got a guy who can get the first three batters lights out, you know, and then you got like a long guy. I mean, like every pitching staff is different. It's all about you know using the assets you have to your best advantage. So I don't have a problem with it. Um, but yeah, like if Tampa's got better pitching, then maybe they don't have to do it. Maybe they maybe that's the sign of like, you know, what makes like a good team into a real contender is like, do they actually have five guys who can throw six innings? Well, I mean, anymore, <laughs> which is all that's expected anymore. I think it's five. It's so funny, like that that the Sid Bream game, Doug Drabeck like goes into the ninth inning. That never that never happens. Yeah, you know. That's Doug, a, Dra- Doug Drabeck and then gets they brought pulled in, after the sixth, maybe the seventh. And they brought in Stan Belinda. Who was their closer. Who was their closer, but also the way his motion was, that sidearm motion, um, you know, and he worked the previous four games. Mm-hmm. You know, also you had a guy that was a starter that started two nights prior. Uh-huh. was Tim Wakefield, who's a knuckleballer. Yeah. Who the wear and tear on a knuckleballer arm is nowhere near the amount of a starting pitcher mm. who was also in the bullpen and was available. And at the time that was t- when Tim Wakefield was a second year player and yeah. people haven't figured him out yet. And it doesn't matter if a knuckleballer is a second year player or a 40 year player. It's a knuckleball. <laughs> it moves how it wants to move. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's going to do. Yep. I mean, Tim Wakefield's fastball was 80 miles an hour. Okay. <laughs> Right now, with a, if you're coming in the league and you're not a knuckleball specialist, and your fastball is 80 miles an hour, you're not even gonna, you're not even getting drafted. You're not even going to college. Yeah, you know, Tim Wakefield was an outfielder. He got discovered as a pitcher because he was fucking around with a knuckleball in the outfield during warmups one day. And they're like, "Can you throw that consistently?" He's like, "Yeah." Huh. And then that's and they says, "Go to bullpen." And they go take him in the bullpen, and they he's like. Okay, so they worked with them on some mechanics, and you're now a pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's good how job, Tim. Good job if you can get it, man. That's how Tim Wakefield got got in there. 
Um, Dustin Pedroia, uh, he started the home opener for the Red Sox. Uh, he was uh, cleared to play uh, for Tuesday's home opener against the Blue Jays. He did have a scary moment on a uh, throw down to second, uh, with, and it was his fault. He had his mm. foot in the way of the bag instead of straddling the bag oh, no. like you're supposed to. Guy slid into his foot, and he just came off knee surgery. Um, so that was scary, but other than that, he was good. Um, let's see. Here we go. Kyle uh, Kyle Guy is Final Four's most outstanding player, 24 points in title game, uh, and winning uh, free throws in a semifinal. Um Let's see what else we got. Anything come across your 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 headline board there? No. I had some other stuff, but I think it went away because of tonight's games and my stuff only holds so much shit. Oh, here, uh, the White House uh, ends the MLB Cuban agreement. Yeah, I that, saw that. That's not good. Um, I kind of read the article on that, and that, that that's not good for baseball. Um. Yeah, you know, it's like, I I know they don't want to do business with the Cuban government, but these players are not part of the government. Right. These are people who are trying to get away from the Cuban government by, like, getting contracts and going to play anywhere. Like, they're not, they don't, like, well, there's guys the way, who would the, go the, play the, for the wild from, things from, from rather what, than... From what, I, from what I read is they're not defecting from their country. Well, they had to. That's like the thing. Like, if yeah. you don't have an agreement with baseball, then you got to get on a boat. Right. And like, now and they like, have to actually defect. They got to sneak here through Mexico now because we don't have an agreement. It's just stupid. So now they actually have to defect from their country instead of just having the agreement that they can come play and still be listed as a Cuban resident and so forth. Um, Ryan Shazier did a lot of good things this week working out. Uh, if you looked out, you saw some videos of his workouts, and he was doing a three-foot jump box. Um, it's good for him. Uh, I wholeheartedly hope he makes a full recovery. Uh, but at the same point, I also hope he doesn't play football ever again. Uh, too much of a scare uh, you know, to put on one's body to almost be paralyzed. But I understand the competitive nature of the guy. Uh, he's he's just a ridiculous player. Um, made plays, played wars hard on his sleeve. Everything he's doing, everything he can right now to get back uh, into the game. So Ryan Shazier is doing great things on his road recovery, and uh, like I said, good for him. But I hope he doesn't play uh, some more. Go ahead, scrolling through. Mm. <laughs> what else we have here? Arkansas hires former Nevada coach Eric uh, Musselman as head coach. Nothing too much there. That guy had some NBA. He had some NBA credit there. I know that name. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a good sports week. So. It's Masters week. Uh, we're watching a lot of Masters golf. We're going to uh, watch some baseball. We got some playoff hockey. The Pens play tonight, Wednesday. So they play Friday on the island. And then they uh, come back to Pittsburgh uh, for Sunday afternoon matinee, noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball, college is over. NBA playoffs are going to start firing up here this weekend. Hell yeah. Uh, 
you know, uh, weather's getting nice here in Pittsburgh. Get out on the golf course. Go play some golf. I've been out. I got my new bike tires on. Oh, oh, Matt's I didn't on, actually, I didn't Matt's actually ride a, them Matt, yet. Matt's on a 50 mile ride day. I didn't know because I, I haven't probably got like enough practice in me for 50 miles right off the bat, but like just the new tires looking forward to, you know, putting some wear on those treads this weekend for sure. Um, you know, and just trying to get the garden going so I can have fresh vegetables all winter. I um, I I don't know if I talked to this on the podcast or not, but I I think I talked to you about it. Amanda and I were doing some, you know, we had a day mm-hmm. where we like had some. There's no such thing as extra money, but there was money. Yeah, that, right. But there was money that was available to like go and purchase things for like mm-hmm. the house and stuff. Yeah. Um. So we had a day, and we end up doing more looking than buying. That's so frustrating. Yeah, because also, especially when you're looking for certain things, and then you walk in the store and like, oh, um, just to let you know, um, we're going to be having a uh, a spring sale that starts this date. So, okay, so why am I going to spend $250 right now on a purchase that in five days... Could be two hundred. They should just give you the deal now. On the well, side. no, but they don't know if it is or isn't. Oh, the stuff we were looking at. One item of the things we were looking at is actually on deal. Mm. The other items were like, well, we just oh, should have bought it. Whatever. Yeah. But here and there, I went out and um, I was at Marshalls, mm. bought a pair of Mike Trout eight prong metal baseball oh, spikes. shoes. Yeah. And uh, and and they were eight dollars and fifty cents. And I go up, and the woman at the counter, she goes, are you still playing baseball in a men's league somewhere? You know, in a local <laughs> men's league. I'm like, no, ma'am. I'm like, I can't play baseball anymore. It hurts. <laughs> She's like, then what's the baseball spikes for? I'm like, yard work. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So I have a brand new pair of Mike Trout metal, eight-prong metal baseball cleats. Awesome. That are are now my yard work shoes. But then I was looking online. I'm like, I could sell these for a hundred bucks. <laughs> Save them. Don't even wear them. Keep them in the box, right? For like twenty years. <laughs> sell them the day he goes into Cooperstown. You make some real money. Pretty much, I guess. All right, folks. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a great sports week. We got a great sports weekend come up. Masters weekend. Uh, we'll be all over that. Pirates are in Chicago. Then they go to the Nationals, uh, and then I think. They come back home after that, or they might still be on the road for a minute. Here or there, uh, we'll keep it posted on the Twitter at Bold PGH Sports on the Twitter. Check out Bold Pittsburgh for some Jenny Lee Bakery goods, mm-hmm. uh, and also don't forget our friends at Slice on Broadway. Eat a slice on Broadway. I had a, I had the Green Monster, the Green Monster on, a... on Friday in honor of the Red Sox. It's delicious. It's like basil and ricotta cheese. And the Cream. white, the garlic sauce, like garlic on the white sauce. pizza, so good, so good, awesome. And don't forget to keep checking out our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios and be sure to host our podcast as well as several other podcasts. All right, folks, you guys have a great week and enjoy it. We'll be back. See you guys. Bye. Hey, Ian's. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. 
Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend with the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook or BoldPGH.com.